can the church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome to church in the balcony. So good to have Sister Lisa with us tonight. And uh, we're going to have special prayer here in just a moment uh, to just have her come and Brother Jim and all the church. And we're just going to anoint her and ask the Lord to move in a mighty way for Taylor. And, uh, you know, the Lord is able. Uh, I, don't, I don't give up hope until the, the undertaker comes and picks somebody up. I keep praying and believing and having faith because God can do anything. Amen? God can do anything. Amen. Uh, so good to have all of you here tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. And um, we just are excited about you taking time out of your busy day to be here at Wednesday night service. On the back podium, uh, there is the sign-up sheet for our Christmas program, so keep that in mind. Sign up now, because uh, Sister Pam needs to know uh, how many is going to participate and help out, so she'll know how big of a program to fix. Also, uh, special recognition coming up in September. Me and Sister McKinney's going to be celebrating 46 years of marriage on September the 10th. She's much of a woman, put up with me for 46 years. I'd say we got married. We got married when we was 12, didn't we? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a special speaker uh, coming up on September the 17th, and that's Brother Cornelius Harper is going to be with us for the 11 a.m. service. And then we're going to Pikeville. And we're going to celebrate the 11th anniversary service at Pikeville, Kentucky and, uh, at 2 o'clock. And Brother Cornelius Harper is going to preach that service. And we're going to have a cookout following. we got a, we got a brand new uh, picnic shelter over there. Only been used one time. And we're going to use it again. And we're going to just have a good time. So if you want to go and eat some hot dogs and hear some good preaching and singing and worship and praise then come to Pipeful Apostolic Church Sunday, September the 17th at 2 p.m. And uh, also we have some prayer requests. We, uh, of course, uh, have many on our list. And uh, for some reason, uh, our list got redesigned. So whoever entered last, <laughs> I don't know who you are or what you've done, but uh, you've done something and uh, I don't even have numbers anymore beside of it. So, all right. So, uh, well, no, I, I didn't do it. I'm, I'm innocent. Um, let's remember, I'm going to mention the last ten. Um, does anybody know if, if, the, if the new man that is dead down here... Um, at Phelps, if that's Woodrow Bunk new, it's another, another, because we got Woodrow Bunk new on our list, and I don't want to call dead people's names out, if you know what I mean. And uh, let's remember Robert Justice, Joyce Estep, Dwayne McCoy is here, but he still needs a touch. Uh, Susan Hackney, Barb Sawyers, Ruby Daniels, Justin Casey, Hannah DeBarge, Kenneth Coleman, Orville Wolford, and Tina Justice, and... David, Day-Day Justice, no kin to Sarah, Day-Day. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> I saw that and I thought, well, that, that's, that's a little different because usually it's day day that uh, we have on the list. So uh, with those names, we want to continue to pray for them and, of course, continue to pray for Taylor. And uh, we're going to uh, ask for them to come forward in just a moment. If you have a prayer request just by the raising of your hand, the Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. He knows that you are sincere because you raised your hand. And sincerity goes a long ways with the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to ask Brother Jim and I'm going to ask Sister Lisa and uh, all the church, if you would, uh, gather around. And, and Brother Dwayne, if you would anoint uh, Sister Lisa. We're going to ask the Lord to just begin to move miraculously and that there's going to be something great happen here today. Lord, in your mighty name, we anoint this precious soul. Her daughter needs a healing and a miracle. I pray, Lord, that you would show your power. I pray, Lord, that you would just show your ability. I pray, Lord, that you would open up the windows of heaven and that you would begin to pour out of healing. Oh, let there be healing in the land. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, oh, let your anointing begin to flow right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, we believe it, Lord. We're agreeing together. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, in your mighty name, in your mighty name, in your mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we believe you, Lord. Your word is true. Your power is not diminished. Lord, you are able to bring comfort and faith and increase to this family. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
ask our ushers to come. We're going to take up tonight's offering and give us the Lord blesses you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to give in the offering. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one that has come out to worship you and lift up your name. I pray, Lord, that what we give tonight is going to be used in a wise way. It's going to reach mission fields. It's going to reach things that we're going to do here locally. And, Lord, I just pray that you would just open up the windows of heaven and let it be multiplied and used in a great way. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare your eye living cold. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of
never want to have anything going on in my life or around me that I just come to church and don't care if God moves. I want his presence Amen. to be in this place. If you're with the youth department, you need to leave the sanctuary. You may leave so at this time. Everyone else stay in the sanctuary and we got, uh, we're actually studying starting points. Starting points that get us started to revival, that get us started on our way to revival. And uh, I feel that we have been experiencing some revival here lately. I believe that we have had some people that have uh, been moved by the presence of the Lord that has got them thinking about the greater things that, that is not on this earth, but the greater things that is laid up in heaven. And uh, that's what revival is. It's about being revived in uh, vision and in emotion and uh, desire and dedication. Today we're going to talk about uh, being respected by outsiders, which just means people that's not in church. Um, you can never win people in the world if you do things that cause them to be offended at you, not want to talk to you, not want to be around you. Uh, how we act outside these four walls matters just as much 
as how we act inside these four walls. So with that said, I want us to turn to 1 Timothy and 1 Timothy chapter 3. I want to read verse number 7 in opening. And of course, uh, in the scripture we're told about a good name. A good name is something to be desired. More than riches, more than rubies, uh, we need a good name. And uh, we can have a good name as a family. We can have a good name as a church. We can have a good name in the community. We can have a good name in heaven. Amen. I want to have a good name in heaven. Amen. And uh, so if you uh, have your Bibles, 1 Timothy chapter uh, 3 and verse number 7, uh, we're going to read just one verse in opening today. And uh, it says, Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare. Everybody say the snare. The snare of the devil. The devil's just waiting for an opportunity to snare us. He's just waiting for one moment that we fail to do what we say we'll do. One moment that we tell a lie instead of the truth. One moment that we would do something that we said we would never do all our life. It just takes one moment. And the devil's waiting on that perimeter to try to snare us. Now, when I look at this, I see that there's just some things that we want to dive into tonight. And uh, we're going to study respected by outsiders. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence once again and thank you, Lord, for these studies. These studies that are helping us to have starting points that we can start to have revival and start to see people come to you and start to see our lives restored and revived and, and, and energetic towards you, Lord. And I just pray that you would move in a mighty way that each and every one here today would find out how important it is to not only live a life in front of church folk, but to live the life in front of the world. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap. And you may be seated. When I look at these um, studies, I see that there is a concern with these studies of people not following through with what they say they are going to do. I think that this world we're living in, we pretty well come to expect that the the world is going to not follow through with what they say. My hopes is not in this world. My hope is not in the things that this world is trying to say we need, but my hope is in Christ. My hope is in Christ because I know that he holds my crown. In John chapter 17 is where our next verses we're going to look at, and we're going to look at verse number 15 through 18. Uh, we begin to see that uh, it's talking about prayer, um, my prayer. Uh, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. This is Jesus talking. And uh, he's basically saying, we live in the world. Everybody can agree on that, right? We live in the world. We're just not of the world. We have to walk in this world. 
We have to talk to people. We have to work. We have to, uh, you know, go buy groceries. We have a lot of things that we have to do in this world because we're in the world. We're not going to leave this world until one of two things happens. Either we die or the rapture takes place. And um, either way, as the old song says, you're a winner either way. But we find that the uh, response that, that Jesus was praying, giving us an example, everything that Jesus prayed was for us because I don't think anybody in their right mind can say Jesus needed forgiveness or Jesus needed uh, to uh, ask for stuff when he could just speak and it happens. You know, he stands on the bow of a boat and says, peace be still and the storm ceases. So he don't need to ask. Everything he's doing in prayer, everything he's doing by example is for us because we got to know what to do when we face our times of uncertainty. I begin to think about the Garden of Gethsemane how that when Jesus looked at his disciples and said, you sit here and tarry here, I'm going a little yonder. I'm just going to go yonder, and I'm going to pray. You watch with me. And uh, he goes just yonder, and I think a yonder is just a, a little ways away from you. And he goes yonder, and he prays, and he prays, and then he comes back, and he finds them asleep because they did not want to watch with him. And uh, they were tired. They, they were more concerned about their own self than watching what Jesus was trying to teach them. Unfortunately, we're living in a world that doesn't really want to see what the Lord is trying to teach them. It's just really a self-centered world we're living in. We're living in a world that is all about themselves. It's all about things that they want to do, things they want to accomplish in life, goals and ambitions and nothing wrong with any of that. But if you don't have Jesus in the center of it all, you're just wasting your time. Because we need Jesus more than we need a job. We need Jesus more than we need a pat on the back. We need Jesus. Amen? We need Jesus. So we find that in this prayer, he says, My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them, what? From the evil. You know that's even in the Lord's prayer. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. How many would agree we're living in an evil world? Man, I tell you, I've never seen a time like we're living in. It, I thought it was bad in the, in the 60s and 70s uh, when Charles Manson, uh, you know, murdered innocent people and took them out. I, I thought that was bad. I thought it was bad when you would uh, hear a news report of, of uh, Vietnam War and, and soldiers, how many daily tallies were being brought up of, of our soldiers and, and they were dying. I thought that was bad. I thought it was bad to see the history of Pearl Harbor. I look in my day today, and, and as I got older, and, and I look at 9-11. Uh, that was a bad time in our history, an evil time. It was evil to watch how that the uh, Al-Qaeda or the Taliban or whoever 
you know, faction they were a part of would line people up along the beach and then slice their head off. It's an evil, evil place we're living in. I think it's hard to understand evil unless you have been broken free from evil. If you have broke free from evil, then it's easier to understand evil. You start seeing things different. I look at the world different now. You know, uh, when, I, when I say to my grandkids, and I say to our young people, stick together when you're out. You know, it's not, it's not Mayberry anymore. It's not Mayberry. You don't just need Andy and, and you know, Barney. So, uh, you need to stick together. I remember we was at a, at a conference in Louisville. And uh, they, some of us was hungry. And uh, we, we was there. I think my wife was having some type of meeting, school meeting or something. And we was down there. And um, we wanted to go get something to eat. Well, you know, we're on 4th Street which has got restaurants, pizza places and things. But we wanted, you know, something else. We eat enough pizza. I've got pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening. i got pizza every day. We get pizza. So, so we start looking for a way to go to a restaurant. And so we go to the end of the street and we look down the street and we look up the street and there's nothing but darkness. And out of the darkness, here comes this guy. And he says, hey, can I help you? And uh, when I looked at him, I knew he wasn't the greeting committee of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, somebody said, well, we're just, we're just trying to find somewhere to eat. You know, we're, well, come follow me. I'll show you. Come down this way. No, we ain't going with you. We ain't going with you. And uh, he said, well, can I have a dollar then? Yeah, he's going to get more than $1 if he took us down that dark street. Evil, evil. Uh, it's hard to imagine uh, people like uh, Osama bin Laden, how he can mastermind and plan to take out all those people, innocent people. Never, nobody in that tower, I don't believe, had anything to do with anything on foreign soil as far as war goes. But they all died that day. Aircraft crashed. If you've ever been on an airplane, you know that once you take off, you're at the mercy of the pilot. That's right. There ain't no pulling off the road if it starts blinking a light telling you something's going wrong. You don't pull off the road. You don't land on a dime. You have to fly it out and hopefully it'll land. Don't want to get anybody scared for flying, but I do just want you to know what an evil day we live in. Can you imagine being on the plane that crashed into the tower and um, being on that plane and all of a sudden all this commotion's going on and somebody's trying to get to the cockpit and the next thing you know somebody's screaming saying, they killed a pilot. Can you imagine the terror that must have been going through their minds? Some probably thought it's just a hijacking. You know, we used to have hijackings just all the time in the 70s. Anybody remember those hijackings? They'd land them. They'd just take them and land them somewhere. They don't do that anymore. Evil. 
Evil is on every hand. Evil is on every hand. If you think evil ain't in Phelps, Kentucky, wake up. Evil is here. Evil is all around us. It's not just in our small towns and big cities. It's everywhere you go. Why? Because the spirit of evil is running rapid. And we find that if we're not careful, we will find that evil almost appears to be winning the war. And it's almost as if the church is the victim. Almost. But you see, almost is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. If you get almost to your target, you'll get a point. With a hand grenade, you might take somebody out with some shrapnel. But I, I'm, I believe that if we're not careful, we will get so brainwashed with the evil of the world that we'll start saying, the church is just a, 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 a crying uh, a nursery for crybabies that don't know anything better to do than just go to church. And people say, well, evil seems to be running rampant. I was looking at a report and they were talking about all these people that were smashing grabs in department stores and all this nonsense going out in, in uh, San Francisco and how that businesses are saying, we're not going to stay here in this mess. We're not going to stay here in this evil. We're not going to stay here and walk through feces to get to our store. So they're leaving. Now that don't mean nothing to us in Pike County, does it? It don't mean a thing. But I guarantee if it was your house or your business or your school and you tried to drop your child off and all of a sudden here is zombies laying there that are drugged out of their mind and, and, and you know we're not far from that we're that close they need deliverance they need help they need the Lord but I will tell you this evil has got people possessed possessed with evil you don't have to be you know evil spiritually uh, possessed to be pushed with evil the devil likes to use people that's a pushover. Easy to push around. The devil likes to push people around. It's easy for him to push. He, he, don't, he don't like these Holy Ghost filled, holy rollers. He don't like these apostolic, tongue-talking, one God-believing people. No. He wants us, but he don't like us. And one of his trophies is if he can get us who say we stand on the Bible. We stand for holiness. We stand for baptism in Jesus' name. We stand for all of this. If he can trip us up. If he can trip us up one time. He rejoices. I'm not going to let hell rejoice. David came to Ziklag, him and his men that was with him. The enemy had come and burned Ziklag with fire, took and kidnapped his wife and his families, and all of them were just sitting there weeping. And, and one of them said, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill David. And they wanted to kill him. And you know what David had to do? He had to encourage himself in the Lord. Sometimes the only encouragement you'll get, you ain't going to get it from the choir you ain't going to get it from the music department. You ain't even going to get it from nobody in church. 
A lot of times the only encouragement you're going to get is when you encourage yourself in the Lord. There's been times in my walk with the Lord that there was nobody around me encouraging me. In fact, people were piling on. And I just had to encourage myself. Anybody ever been there? You just have to encourage yourself because you understand if you don't encourage yourself, ain't nobody going to encourage you. And without encouragement, you get discouraged, you get depressed, you get overwhelmed, and then you just want to give up on life. Evil. It's evil what they want to do to our children today. It's evil. It's evil what they want to do to our young boys in kindergarten and grade school to modify them permanently through surgical procedures to make them into a little girl. Or a little girl into a little boy. It's evil. Politicians can stand on their righteous platform all they want to. They're just as evil as the policies they're making. Amen. I want to stand for truth. And I want to stand for Jesus. Because... All that Jesus prayed was, I don't want you to take them out of the world because they need to be here to win people to me. Right? That's that's what Jesus was saying. I don't want to take them out of the world because you need to be here so you can be a witness and tell somebody they need to be saved. Right? So I think that sometimes we... We forget why we're here. We're here to try to help people get saved. Um, one of the things that Jesus said is, is, I want you to just keep them from evil. Just, just keep them from evil. Don't let evil get a hold of you. My desire for all of you parents, don't let evil get a hold of your children. You might say, well, you know, I don't let them go to heavy metal concerts. I don't let them go to, uh, you know, uh, some uh, whacked out religious sect and all this. You don't have to. This right here lets evil in their brain all the time. This right here will, will cause your child to burn in hell. Amen. Amen. If you don't think it does, the best thing you can do, and this is my advice to you, and I can't live with you, and I can't make you do a thing. best thing you can do is take that right there from your child at 10 o'clock at night and lock it in a place they can't get to it. Because, because here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They go to school and can't hold their head up because they've been up all night doing this. What good are they going to do in school? Then you're going to go and jump on the teacher. Teacher, why why'd little Johnny get an F? Well, he wanted to sleep through my class, and I talked to another teacher, and he slept through half of hers. Why, don't they get in bed? Well, I, we put them in bed, but I assume sometimes they stay up. Parent. 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 <laughs> That's right. And then, then you look and you say, well, uh, I can't even keep some people awake in Sunday school. 
the most important school they'll ever attend. And you can't keep them awake. Why? Because they stayed up all night. They were either doing this right here or they were doing something way worse. Evil on every hand. Old time preachers used to preach this and people would run the aisles and shout and flip over pews. Because what the preacher told them back in the day, they believed. We're living in a world of unbelief that people don't believe I don't even know if some people believe in hell. Because if they did, they sure wouldn't be missing church every time they turned around or just, you know, uh, not praying right and not reading their Bible. And they certainly wouldn't be doing that, right? I don't even believe some people believe in hell. I don't believe they believe in evil. They just, they just believe that that's something we hear about. It don't really happen. But Jesus said, keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You're not of the world. I don't care how much you try to be, you're not. You don't fit in. You're not meant to be part of the world. Jesus said, I'm not part of the world. If you're going to follow me and you're going to be my child, you're not going to be part of the world. So how are we going to get out of the world? Well, sanctify them through thy what? Truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. Now, when, how many ever heard somebody say, Oh, we know the truth. What do you mean when you say that? You know who Jesus is? Uh, you, you know the word is true. You know the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All those things are good answers. And, and when we say we know the truth, then we have to say that we know Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the way. Amen. I'm glad you all read that fascinating book called the Bible. As Christians, we were never meant to withdraw from the world. We are to be separate from the world, but not withdrawn from the world. We do not need to isolate. We need to insulate. Now, you know what keeps the hot air out and the cool air in? Insulation. Insulation will eat you alive when you put it up. But in the dead winter, when it's like 10 degrees outside, or in the summer when it's 101, you'll be glad you did insulation we got to be insulated from sin insulated from the world don't let the world talk you into stuff don't let the world drag you out of church not to be isolated we're not to be these people I remember one time when I was working we, we used to have uh, Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner at work I thought this was the greatest thing ever I ain't never worked at a place that I went in before work and we got to sit there for an hour and a half, two hours and eat turkey dinners. I thought, man, this is awesome. But I noticed one guy was sitting over by himself. He wasn't eating. He wasn't talking to us. He wasn't even sitting at the table. He was off by himself. I went over and I started to go over and some, my buddy pulled me and said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to ask him to come over and eat. 
He said, no. He said, no, honey. <laughs> his religion keeps him from eating with us. I said, his religion? He said, yeah. He said, he, he don't believe in, in feasts. And that's what we got here is a feast. And he don't believe it. And especially don't believe that we should feast unto Jesus at Christmas. I said, wow, man. I never knew that. So I learned something that day. That some people isolate themselves and think they're doing God's will. Isolating yourself from sinners, you'll never win anybody to Jesus. Isolating yourself from your family, you'll never win your family. Isolating yourself from co-workers and other people, you'll never be able to reach them for Jesus. we got to insulate ourselves so that they have no impact on our life, but we have impact on them. Therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts. Don't touch the unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, we need to purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 17, and it goes through 7 and verse 1. We have to purify ourselves. Purifying, how many knows that when you have your first kid and it drops its pacifier, you boil water, drop the binky in it, time it, bring it out, surgical gloves, and then pop it back in its mouth after it cools off. Second child comes along. You drop the binky. You reach down, pick it up out of the mud, wipe it off. Right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a reason you second and third children in the family, you, you, you can overcome about any sickness. Because uh, they, didn't, they didn't take all that sterilization. Isolation. They, they put you right in the midst of it. What about our reputation? What is a reputation? If I was to ask you, what would you define a reputation as? How, how people perceive you. Uh, it's basically who we are, right? We'll either have a good reputation or a bad reputation, right? We'll either have a good one or a bad one. What is your reputation in this community? <laughs> now, some of y'all are going to say, who's been talking to you, Pastor? <laughs> Nobody. I'm just, this is lesson 13. It just happened to fall on the night. We got 52 of these lessons. I told my wife, though, I said, man, these lessons are just right where we need to be. Amen. So, let me ask again. What is our reputation in the community? When people see us coming, do they look and say, oh, there comes one of them? Or do they say it in this manner, oh, there comes one of them? It all depends on how you say it, right? 
Do they look and say, oh, there comes a good Christian person. I just love that person. Or do they look and say, I can't stand that person. What is our reputation in this community? Now, I will give you this. You can live as holy as you can, as righteous as you can, and as good as you can, and there's still going to be some people talk about you. Just don't give them reason. Right? They're going to talk about us enough as it is. Y'all, one of them that believes that it's Jesus this and Jesus that. Uh Uh-huh. I had a guy corner me one time. He said, I want you to tell me, preacher, right now. Y'all believe you're the only ones going to heaven, right? I said, nope. What? I said, nope. Anybody that repents and gets baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, they can go to heaven. Right? Right? I said, I said so no, I, I'm not the only one. Our group's not the only one. There's people all over the world that are living right, wanting to make heaven their home. So what is our reputation in, in the community? When people see us, uh, you know, when I, when I go... Jared and I walk in and I say I'm here to pick up my order and you say you're here to pick up your I say yeah uh, I hope you don't look at me and say my God here comes that preacher again I can't stand him here take your pizza and leave and that door will say front door open or whatever it says I don't know what's <laughs> I want I want to have a good reputation. I don't want to ruin my reputation by walking in down there and just, you know, making a fool out of myself. I don't want to do things in this community that's going to make people question, am I real or not? I want to be real. You want to be real? Let's be real because this community is who we're trying to win, right? And if we're going to win this community, then we need to develop a good reputation. And notice I said develop. A reputation is not just given you. You've got to earn it. And you can, you can blow 10 years of faithfulness in one wrong word, emotion, or action. You say, it's not fair. It shouldn't be that way. That's the way it is. You know, offended brethren are hard to win, harder to win than a walled city. So if, if we're out in this community and we say, oh, well, I'm going to love Brother Larry because he goes to church with me. I'm going to love Brother Dwayne because he goes to church with me. But when I get outside there, I don't go to church with that person, so I'm just going to treat them like dirt. You know what? They ain't no loving Brother Larry. They ain't no loving Brother Dwayne. You just mouth them words. We got to say, I want to live righteous. I want to live according to the word of God. I want to develop a good reputation. Jesus even developed his reputation. You say, well, he was God manifest in the flesh. Why did he need it? Well, you'd have to ask him because in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, we find that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Why do we need to have favor with people? Simple answer. We got a witness to win them. 
And if we don't have favor with people, that's why we need to pray. God, give us favor. Give favor unto your people here at Cornerstone to go out in this community and when we talk to people that we have your favor and their favor. That we can win them. Wouldn't it be sad if we lived in a community and we celebrated 26 years of church and uh, this community had hundreds and thousands of people that's died over the 26 years that we didn't even witness to or we didn't care to give a Bible study to or we didn't care to talk to. Toward the, you know that tire where it meets the road? That, that's the thinnest space of air you'll ever have. Right there. That's where we're at. We've got to have the right attitude. We've got to have the good reputation. How do others see you? Now this, this is in my lesson, so if, you, if anybody thinks I'm picking on you, I'll give you my notes here after a while. This is in the lesson. You can ask Brother Dwayne. He's got the copies of all the lessons. You can ask Brother DeBarge. He's got the copy of all the lessons. But I'm just going to throw it out here. How do others see you? Do you pay your bills? You know what? I used to take care of uh, UMWA widows that had medical bills and things come in and they was tore all to pieces because they liked to pay their bills. My dad was that generation. The older generation liked to pay their bills. Right? They, I mean, you get a bill. My wife used to laugh at me when we first got married. We'd get a bill in the mail, and I'd want to put it, if not the same day, the next day in the mail. I didn't want to wait. But I saw my dad do that. He didn't wait. Because they really took pride in being able to pay their bills. Now, with that said, um, I would help these widow uh, women and uh, they would call me and they would be up in their 80s and sometimes older and they'd say uh, I don't know what to do I've got this bill and I said well who's it from and they say it's from the hospital I said you don't owe it I said give it to me and and I'll call and get it taken care of and I'd call and get it taken care of they wouldn't know anything they just thought I was just the best thing ever and uh, I still get calls every now and then, uh, still want me to help out, but I don't, I don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm retired from that. But, um, you know, people like to pay their bills. They didn't want to be uh, looked at as being somebody who uh, would say they would pay and then wouldn't. It'd be like if, if you come to me and you say, I'm going to buy that nice GMC Yukon hybrid off of you. <laughs> See, all y'all that don't know anything about that, we'll tell you later. <laughs> I just had to put two more parts on it, brother. One piece at a time, sweet Jesus. I had to put two more, two more pieces on it just the other day. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you, if you wanted to buy that fine automobile I got, and I said, okay, I'll sell it to you for $10,000. And you, you'd say, oh, that's a, that's a steal. I'm going to buy that off you. 
<laughs> and I sign the papers and you give me the check and I go to the bank and it bounces. Here you are driving my fine GMC Yukon hybrid and you've been spinning the wheels off of it pulling out at Joe Mart. And you, Giovanni's, and, and you, you've been flying up, and you blew the engine up. And there it sits beside the road. And I say, this check bounced. Oh, you can have it back. You know, that's the way we treat banks. You know, they got this great uh, rate on a $1,000 CD. $1,000. Now, some of y'all saying saying, $1,000, yeah, it's easy for you to say. No, it ain't easy for me to say, but I say it pretty fast. $1,000, you can get, I don't know, 7 point something percent interest. Is it, is it 5.7, 5 point something? It's, it's up there. For seven months, then you cash it in. I thought that's pretty good. Because your savings account won't get you even hardly a percent. <laughs> so, so if you got $1,000, you might want to check it out. Now let's get back to that fine automobile. Pay your bills. It's very easy to pay your bills. I never went on a vacation until my daughter was probably somewhere around 12 or 13. We went, we went to Myrtle Beach. Woo! Because everybody goes to Myrtle Beach. That's all I heard. It, it, you know, after I graduated and started working, let's go to Myrtle Beach this summer. I can't. I ain't got no money. Me and my wife got married. All the other married couples, let's go to Myrtle Beach. It'd be a great trip. Can't. We're going to go to Pebble Beach. Anybody know where Pebble Beach is at? <laughs> On a still, calm night in Callaway, if you sit on the porch and close your eyes and think of the ocean, you can hear the waves coming in. Pay your bills. Do you have a good reputation among unsaved people with whom you do business? You know, if uh, I, I never will forget, I was trying to get uh, something done one time, and I said, well, just, just put it on a ticket, and I'll come back and pay it in 30 days. And they, they said, no, nah, we don't do tickets. And I said, I promise I'll pay you. Yeah, I know, I know, I know you, and I know you'll probably pay it, but other people wouldn't. If I do it for you, then I have to do it for other people, and other people may not pay. And it went on and on and on, and finally they, they yielded. I guess I aggravated them to death. And they finally said, okay, okay, 30 days. And uh, I paid my bill right on time, every 30 days. And uh, diesel fuel's high. <laughs> it wasn't no little bill, and I paid it every 30 days. Why? It had been easy to go on vacation. It would have been easy to buy a new car. It would have been easy to buy something else. You know what? I had a 10 by 50 trailer. Still got it. <laughs> you just don't know it's there. 
I couldn't afford no house. We went and looked at double wides. I know you're saying, what's this got to do with revival? I'm going to help us all. You see, me and my wife, we'd go and we'd look at double wides, and, and they was 39999 back in the day. Now they're probably 139999. But uh, we'd go look at them, we'd sit down, and we'd say, oh, 30-year mortgage, 20-year mortgage. No, we can't do that. Just can't do that. So I had this 10 by 50, not brand new, not even good. It was just there. And I started digging ditches one day. Footers is what we call them. I started digging footers. What are you doing? I'm going to build on to this trailer. We can't afford a new one. We can't afford a house. We can't go borrow money. I'm going to dig the footers. I don't know when we'll get the cement poured. I'd mix one bag at a time. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Serious. I'd pour that wheelbarrow in there and I'd smooth it up. Well, there's three feet. I did that until I made the footers all the way around. And then I started laying block. Had I ever laid block? Nah. Did I want to? No. But it beats paying somebody. So I just said, I helped my daddy. I packed blocks to him and watched him. He'd take that cement and he'd slice it on there. You ever watch somebody lay block and good at it? They slice that cement on there and just... I thought, that's simple. I started in the back. So, you know... By the time you get good at it, it's where people see it. <laughs> so I, I, I did that. Blocks stayed there for a long time. Then I put down the subflooring. Now we'll forget Terry Sanders. He lives in Tennessee. Him and his wife and us was friends. And, and uh, we was out one night till 1 or 2 o'clock at night hammering. I know the neighbors loved us. Because in the nighttime, on a cold, still night in Callaway, it echoes through the hollow. And, uh, you know, especially those last few licks after you get it, you But But um, we laid the subfloor, and it stayed that way for a while. Then we built the walls. It stayed that way for a while. Then I put a roof on it. First birthday party my daughter ever had was in an empty two-before Shell of a room, because that's all we had. What are you saying? I knew better than to go out and borrow $40,000. I knew I couldn't pay it. Oh, all you got to do is file chapter 11. Yeah. See how many people come to church when the preacher's filing chapter 11. Right? See how many people you can get to come to church when, when you're not paying your bills and everything's starting to be uh, taken away and, and, and you say, hey, won't you come to church? See what is said to you. Or maybe not to your face, but said behind your back. That's why our reputation's important, right? That's why we need to pay our bills. That's why we need a good reputation. Be, uh, you know, faithful in what we say we're going to do. Let's do. Uh, do you throw tantrums? In the beanie weenie aisle of Food City, 
Have you ever seen a child that didn't want, didn't get its way? <laughs> Mo Larry Curly. Beep, 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 going around in circles on their side. Or just flop down and bust their head on the concrete and then cry because it really hurt. And their mommy just stands there like, I don't hear nothing. I'm looking at the price of Campbell's soup here. Y'all think I'm crazy. This is what I see when I go to, to Food City. I see, I see people throwing tantrums. I see mamas letting kids knock stuff off the shelf and orange juice busts and breaks. And, and they just walk off like, that, that wasn't me. Clean up aisle five. You see, we got to be more than just like the world. We got to be better than that. Our reputation depends on it. A good name, a good name can easily be lost. Lasting reputations are slow growing. It don't just happen overnight. The man who wakes up famous some morning is very apt to go to bed some night and sleep it off. That's Henry Wheeler Shaw said. Because things don't just happen overnight. Nobody backslides overnight. You know, you're not on Sunday doing, and then on Monday, I ain't going back to church. No, you've been backslid long before Sunday night and Monday morning. A good name is more desirable than great riches. Proverbs 22 and 1. A good name is better than fine perfume. Now, all you ladies like that fine perfume, don't you? I don't know what you wear, but I'm pretty sure it's fine. And you like fine perfume. Sister Gracie, I'll teach that guy something someday when I meet him. Salt of the earth. <laughs> That's what we are. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. It's Matthew 5, 13. Do you know that a saved husband or wife can have a positive influence on his or her family? That's why you don't, you don't just you know, treat your family anyway. You got to try to be an example. Um, you know, First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, verse thirteen and fourteen, just simply talks in one version. If a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not, or uh, yeah, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through the wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. If Christians lose their ability to be a positive influence on earth, we lose our ability or usefulness to God. Is that a good statement? If we lose our influence, positive influence on the earth, we lose our usefulness with God. 
If Christians lose their ability and their usefulness, then they become ineffective witnesses for Christ. We must keep a good reputation, a good name. How many believe you are called the light of the world? Ye are the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Now, um, our lives are an open book. How many have ever heard somebody say that? Our lives are an open book. People are reading us every day, right? They read you uh, when you talk to them. They read you when they see you at the gas pumps. They read you. You're an open book. So basically, they're reading you. Everything about you is starting to manifest itself outwardly. The things you say, the attitude you have, the smirks. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting that sometimes you can, uh, you can go back and watch uh, any video of church services. Not just this church, but any church service. And you, if, if, you, if you're observant, you'll see some people doing some of the craziest, weirdest stuff. Just go watch some. I'm not going to tell you what they're doing because it's ruining the reputation, I'll tell you that. It's ruining the reputation when, uh, when the preacher says something and they roll their eyes or the preacher says something and, and they're uh, busy talking to whoever's beside of them. However, we must realize that a standard for church leadership is also a standard for church membership. Just because we're leaders don't mean that y'all don't have to live it. If your reputation is ruined, so is your witness. Guard your name. However, one way to destroy a living organism is to make it powerless. So if we as a lit, we're lively stones, right? That's what the Bible says, we're lively stones. And... Um, so if we lose our power, how do we get power? Holy Ghost. That's right. That's the reason some people ain't got no power. They, they thought they got power because, you know, they come to church. No, you're just, you're just here. They, they thought they got power when, when, oh, they was clapping their hands at, at what the preacher was saying, saying, yes, amen. No, that's not your power. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts 1 and 8. The only way you get power is the Holy Ghost. You don't have the Holy Ghost, you ain't got no power. And you're going to find it hard to stay a lively stone. You're not going to be able to reproduce because that's what we're supposed to do. Go forth and multiply. That's what he told Noah, right? When he, when, when he got off the boat, he said, you know, y'all go and multiply, replenish the earth. Well, now it's not so much family as it is church family. We're to go and multiply. We're to go and multiply. We're ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is a person sent to another people representing someone else. So basically, we're representing Christ and we're sent to the world, right? We must view the world through the eyes of Jesus. I believe that that's an important way to look. Look from the cross. Look through the eyes of Jesus. 
And as ambassadors of Christ's kingdom, we must represent him well. Here's the thing that we represent. We represent, first of all, Jesus. Right? When you do anything, I don't care if it's in the church, out of church, around the church, or in the community, whatever. You run your witness of Jesus. You bring a reproach upon the name of Jesus. Right? That's what the Bible says. You'll read your Bible. It is a fascinating book. I'm about to close. There's, there's one thing that I think is very important. We represent Jesus first. Then we represent the church that we attend. And then we represent our families or us, right? So if I do something out in the community that causes somebody to lose faith in me or this church, first of all, I've sinned against heaven. What did the prodigal son say? Sinned against heaven and sinned against you. That's what happens. We sin against heaven when we do something that ruins the reputation or brings a reproach upon Jesus. We sin against heaven. Then we sin against the church that we attend. Because people says, if that's what attends up there, I ain't never going up there. Right? That's what they say. And then you sin against yourself. You sin against yourself. I, I just say this. You ought to have more respect for yourself than to sin against yourself. You ought to have more respect for the church than the sin against the church. But most of all, you need to have more respect for Jesus. Amen. A new convert must not be placed in the position of authority too quickly. And here's the reason why. For if you put someone who is a novice. How many knows what a novice is? It's a newbie. Everybody say a newbie. That's, that's what the kids say. No, that's what us old kids say. Newbie. In other words, it's a new Christian. Somebody just repented. Somebody just gave their life to the Lord. You don't jerk them up from the altar, put them in a Sunday school room and say, please teach this class. You know why? Because Satan will lay a snare for them. Satan will lay a snare for them. That's where we got back to talking about snares earlier. Satan's just waiting. A novice is someone who just started praying. I remember hearing a story at a, at a church just probably a year or two ago. And there was this doctor repented. Oh, Doctor. Educated, money, influence. What did they do? They picked him up from the altar and said, won't you teach our midweek Bible studies? Won't you teach Sunday school? Won't you tell us some stuff? You think that was a wise decision? 
You know how hard it is to look at a doctor and say, I don't want you to teach right yet. I don't want you, you can't do nothing right now. When there's about four zeros after the number he just wrote and tossed it in the. You all think I'm crazy. This is how people look at this stuff. That's why you get a lot of preachers that ain't even called to preach. It's because somebody has favor with somebody. They're a good old boy. That's why a lot of saints are on the platform and they ain't got a bit of use being on the platform because their life is a total sinful mess. Right? Now we want everybody on a pew. Right? I want everybody in here. Just don't show up naked or we're going to have to get you some clothes. But you can stay after that, but I ain't told nobody out yet. I ain't told nobody to leave yet. I ain't, I ain't been a diatrophies. Now y'all say, who is diatrophies? Go read John chapter 3. And if you read more than one chapter in John, 3rd John, I'm sorry, 3rd John. Don't. If you, if you read more than one chapter in 3 John, I need to talk to you after church. Right? Because there ain't but one chapter. Okay. Y'all too easy. But if we're not careful, what will happen is our reputation will hinder revival. Because we're not allowing the Lord to use us outside of these four walls. I want people to look at the same Richard right here at this pulpit as they see me when I walk in Giovanni's. And I give Jarrah, I give you permission. If I ever get out of hand, you can tell on me. Don't mean I'm going to give you a tip and keep you tipping you to... I'm just, I'm just joking. I appreciate our young people that work. I appreciate this community. I appreciate our businesses. I appreciate the church. You know why? We, we got to win people to Jesus. The Lord's coming back. He said, these things that you see come to pass, what we're seeing right now, the homosexuality, all of this transgender mess, all of that. When you see all this starting to come to pass, then look up because your redemption's drawing nigh. The Lord's getting ready to come back, folks. It's not a fairy tale. It's not something that somebody made up. He's getting ready to come back. And how do I know this? Because there's many that's walking away from the faith, and there's also many that have grown cold and indifferent. Because iniquity abounds. The love of many wax cold. I, I was just talking to a pastor just the other day, and we'll close with this. A pastor just, in fact, it was last night. I was talking to a pastor, and I said, you know, when World War, War, World War I broke out, two Korean, Vietnam, people flocked to church. Pearl Harbor happened, people flocked to church. All denominations, they were packed out praying because of fear 
of things to come. 9-11 happened. People went to church that had never been to church. That lasted a short time and then they quit going. I said, you know what I thought COVID would have done? Drove people to church. Something that's deadly. And guess what's back on the rise? And guess what the government's already talking about? Lockdowns. That's right. Now you've heard me say it. You better come visit me if I go to jail. This church ain't shutting down no more. No more. You don't have to come. I'm just going to tell you, you don't have to come. But I'm going to be standing here if I have to preach to my wife. Because sinners need to know the church is more than just people that scared to death of stuff. We got the Holy Ghost. We got power. We got the healer in our life. We, well, we have the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So I want, I want to close with that because I think that as we study this, I feel these lessons are helping us. I really do. I really think that these lessons are eye-opening because not only are we seeing Scripture that is telling us these things, but we're seeing examples, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus not only talked about the law and talked about other things, he, he gave examples. He called them parables, and he gave examples. So uh, you have to endure my examples because I'm not as good as Jesus at all of this, uh, but I try to give a good example that lets you relate to what we're talking about. So with that said and done, we're going to bring the 